point we have a late night joke off to get to because oh, yeah. everybody took on uh, the whole Hannity revelation uh, in the courtroom yesterday, which sucks for Hannity because there's just no good reason for that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it will be long lived. Uh, in well, I do have a theory about it why might. co what's going on there. There he is on CBS this morning. Yeah, it, that's either that's a clip of his show being played on. So it might just be it does him no harm, and it was a tremendous amount of exposure for him. So which is always a good thing. Yeah, but. here's here's what I think's going on because uh, Sean specifically denied ever having a real attorney-client relationship with Cohen. He said he's just a friend for years, and he's asked him for advice now and again. Which might be true for the president also, actually. Right, right. Uh, Here's my theory, though. With Cohen and all his phone call taping, I think he taped a call with Hannity, or, or many calls, perhaps, and Cohen realizes there was stuff said on some of those calls that's very, very uncool to get out, and Sean will hate me for the rest of his life. You know, don't you think that's possible? Michael Cohen, Cohen, Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen. Never yes. Mind. Never mind. Don't worry about it. So, <clears throat> so it's easily possible that Hannity had private conversations with Cohen where he, you know, was saying some pretty awful things in pretty frank language about Hillary Clinton or, or whatever, right? Yeah. And that, yeah. That wouldn't sound good. Or out. Bill O'Reilly or, or right. the mayor or his wife or... Who knows? I wonder if he knew he was being recorded. I tell you what, I have a handful of friends who are lawyers who've given me a little advice now and again through the years. If any of them have been recording my phone calls, uh, fellas, do me a favor. If you get subpoenaed, find a way to not have those air. All right? I mean, it's just natural. So I suspect that's what's going on because they didn't seem to have a real attorney-client relationship. But So the most important sentence... From James Comey's book, oh. that for whatever reason, George Stephanopoulos in five hours couldn't get around to asking about. Uh, we'll have that coming up. Excellent. I will stay tuned for that. So, America's first hush money sex scandal. It's December 15th. Well, you'd have to take off a lot of layers of clothes back then. Oh, yeah. So you That's to, why it was so sexy, the anticipation. Gotta, God, how many pieces of clothing do I have to take off? There's uh, got to be some genitals in here somewhere. So I, many fasteners, too. Just, uh, just an uh, abundance off, of buttons. I took off her dress, then I took off her petticoat, then her under-petticoat, then her... Was this an actual, was this an actual sex scandal? Then her girdle... <laughs> Then her underpants, then her under underpants. By then I'd lost interest in sex. I, I didn't remember why I was there. <laughs> so And then winter came and <laughs> yes. Michael Q the old timey James or not James Ed uh, Ken Burns esque uh, documentary music. It was December fifteenth, seventeen ninety two. No, no, not Gladys's harp. Too easy. I should have warned you. December fifteenth, seventeen ninety two. None other <laughs> Two eighteen hundreds. This is the seventeen hundreds. I believe. Do we have any fife and drum? I believe Gladys is wearing petticoats right now. <laughs> she just feels more comfortable and reminds sure. her of being a little girl in the nineteen oh five, December fifteenth, seventeen ninety two. James Monroe and two other members of Congress stepped through Alexander Hamilton's door. Ready? Alexander Hamilton! Yeah, we know. Uh, ready to torpedo the powerful young treasure secretary's career. And saw his torpedo. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. The three men, Monroe and the congressman, believed they'd uncovered a financial scam linking Hamilton to a couple of shabby, like, uh, low-level financial fraudster-type dudes. 
I found the fife and drum. James Reynolds and Jacob Klingman were known to love the fife and the drum. I just turn it off. It's distracting. Notes in Hamilton's own handwriting to Reynolds and his wife seem to back up the allegation that they were uh, doing something untoward financially. And a couple of congressmen had already drafted a letter to President George Washington outing the cabinet member and saying he's got to be thrown out of the cabinet. The House call was only a sign of respect to Hamilton to say, dude, we have this on you. We're going to let Washington know you're through. Um, Hamilton later wrote, the three politicians introduced the subject by observing to me they discovered a very improper connection between me and Mr. Reynolds. The Treasury Secretary cut them short. He said, you know what? That's all right, but you've got it wrong. I had an affair with Reynolds' wife, Maria, one of the fraudster dudes. And the woman's husband, who was an on-again, off-again husband and a scumbag, um, said... I know about your affair. You got to pay me off, or I'm going to put it in the papers. And so, uh, in his classic biography, Ron Chernow wrote Another man might have been brief or elliptical. Instead, as if in need of some cathartic cleansing, Hamilton briefed them in agonizing detail. It was as if Hamilton were both exonerating and flagellating himself at once. Realizing they were dealing with affair, an affair of the heart, not the state, uh, they pledged to stay mum, and the letter to Washington went unsent. It, it actually uh, later emerged anyway and was a big, giant scandal. Um, it sank Hamilton's larger political aspirations and inspired a song in Lin-Manuel Miranda's blockbuster musical, et cetera, et cetera. The Hamilton Affair. So here's how it started. Summer of 91. Fife and drum again. Never mind. I didn't like it when it happened. <laughs> 1791. Alex Hamilton is kicking it at home. Thinking about, you know, rap musicals. 23-year-old blonde-headed gal, Maria Reynolds, knocks on the door. Hello? And says, Mr. Hamilton, Mr. Hamilton, my husband has abandoned me, and I'm in need of financial help getting back to New York City. We have no idea what their accents would have been at the time, which I've always found fascinating. Yeah. We don't know what George Washington would have sounded like. She might have sounded like, hey, Alex! But, so Hamilton, 36-year-old, handsome guy, well-known. He said uh, to the 23-year-old blonde hottie, because his, uh, you know, his little Alexander was thinking for big Alexander, said, yeah, 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 I'll, uh, I'll bring a few, few bucks to your house. Maybe you can make it to New York. Yeah, no problem. When he was arrived, he was shown into the bedroom. Some conversation ensued. This is Hamilton's own words. That's moving pretty fast. It was like out of a, a Stormy Daniels uh, video. They didn't even have Tinder or nothing. I'm here she to pay says, you that $20. She says, you want to watch from Netflix? And he says, sure. Right. Here's what Hamilton himself said. Made her watch Shark Week. Some some conversation ensued from which it was quickly apparent that other than pecuniary consolation would be acceptable. What now? Hamilton wrote. (laughs) In other words, she'd have taken the money, but she wanted uh, the high hard one. He was a military hero. He's probably, uh, you know. Very cool dude. And handsome. Had a few bucks as well. Maria and Hamilton continued to meet, including at Hamilton's own house, when his wife and children were visiting family in Albany. Oh, uncool. Uncool. Uh, Chernow says in his famous biography, it is baffling that Hamilton, having worked to achieve a spotless reputation as Treasury Secretary, did not see that he was now courting danger and would be susceptible to blackmail. Well, it's not baffling if she was really hot, but it is disappointing. Yeah, well, so he, I did, yeah, I've heard Chernow talk about this before in various book TV things, but I've never uh, thought about the political ramifications of it, how it changed his career. Yeah. 
So James Reynolds, the, the husband, eventually appears on the scene, confronts Alex about his relationship with the old lady, and, uh, and, and acts outraged, but then encouraged Hamilton to continue the affair. As Hamilton wrote, he invites me to renew my visits to his wife. Um, and then blah, 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 kind of rambling old timey speak, then says, I have this proposal to make to you. Give me the sum of $1,000 and I will leave the town. Starting for the first time on record, you want her, you can have her. President. <laughs> I got cited for years after that. I can't take her for another day. Uh, that sum of $1,000 in hush money is equivalent to about $25,000 today. Uh, he paid and continued to make amorous calls on Maria. Her husband continued to hit him up for money after the encounters, which is the problem with blackmail. 30 or $40 here and there. Uh, he even gave Hamilton receipts. Can I throw in... Uh... According to Chernow, both the, both, both the tramp and her husband were probably working together on the extortion plot. Mm. Honey trap. Real, yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, and so is is always possible that you know if what's his name didn't shoot him, somebody else would have. He did a variety of things in his life that people wanted to shoot him for. Aaron so, Burr, yeah. Um, uh, hush money, by the way. Then as now, that's not against the law. That gets thrown around a lot as this as if that is, alone is a crime. That's not a crime. If I have sex with some woman and I say I'll give you ten thousand dollars not to say anything about it, mm. and she says okay. That's not a crime. I'd say the asking for it is a moral crime, but it's certainly not illegal. No, no. unless unless it, it, well, yeah, it's blackmail. Of course it is. It's blackmail. The asking for it yeah. or the demanding it certainly would be. Yeah, pay me or I will ruin your good name. But that would be on the uh, the the Stormy Daniels end of the thing. The the person the the rich guy who had sex with some chick is not committing a crime by paying her to keep quiet. Correct. You know, I've always been confused by that area of law. Maybe I should have actually gone to law school. Um, because the Letterman case blew me away. This guy who wrote a screenplay that included Letterman having affairs with his staffers and said to Letterman, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, market the screenplay. I'm going to sell it, and maybe somebody makes a movie of it, unless you buy it from me. You pay me. And he got uh, convicted of blackmail, which struck me as very odd. What's the difference between blackmail and journalism? I mean, I'm not regularly employed as a print journalist, but if I find out Positive Sean consorts with sheep on the weekend. What? For instance. It's just a for instance. Why would you limit it to the weekend? (laughs) So, Positive Sean... don't even know what day it is. (laughs) So, Positive Sean gets with sheep uh, seven days a week. And I say, you know, this is a fascinating story about a young man, a radio producer, a handsome man who could have had any woman in the world, but he preferred the company of <laughs> ungulates. <laughs> and and so, I find the wool comforting. And, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it. Um, and so I decide I'm going to write a screenplay about that, or or a ten thousand word uh, article that nobody reads the entire thing of in the Atlantic, for instance. <laughs> And and I say to P.S., hey, Atlantic's offering me, uh, you know, I don't know, what do they pay for these things? $8,000 for this uh, this article. You give me ten, you can have it. It's That's got to, blackmail? It's got to have something to do with it would, it would uh, so negatively affect his life. Yeah, but that describes a lot of journalism. That's true. Most journalism. The good stuff, anyways. Do we yeah. have Do we have a law professor, a uh, uh, legal eagle, that can describe that briefly? I know we have, you know, friends who could text and all, but I'd almost like to talk to somebody on the phone about that. That is its own interesting thing. But huh. it, my point remains because it gets thrown out regular. The hush money, hush money that Donald Trump paid to that you can do that. 
That's not a that's that does you can do that. Sure. You can do that all day long. Yeah. That is not a crime. Oh, that reminds me. My uh, Sean metaphor. Louisiana just passed a bill making sexual abuse of animals illegal. How many state senators voted against that law? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Check yourself, Louisiana. All right, in the line, V line from the Comey book that you'd think would be getting more attention or that George Stephanopoulos might have drawn out of Comey in five hours, since the whole point of this whole thing in theory is whether or not Trump gets to continue being president. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think impeaching and removing Donald Trump from office would let the American people off the hook and have something happen indirectly that I believe they're duty bound to do directly. People in this country need to stand up and go to the voting booth and vote their values. And so impeachment in a way would short circuit that. That was a hell of an interesting thing for Comey to say. And why did he phrase it that way? That would let the American people off the hook. Because he's a sanctimonious bastard. You know, he and is, he has plenty of positive qualities. He is not coming out of this well. Oh, no. I mean, I've taken in a lot of coverage. News. Here's a, saw, uh, an opinion piece in the Chicago Tribune blasting him. <laughs> um People left and right, your Foxes and your MSNBCs, your former Clinton campaign people and Trump people, who all have got bad things to say about him for for different reasons. I've seen two people use this same phrase. I don't know if one heard the other or whatever, but I thought it was really good. One um, uh, conservative-leaning and one uh, actually worked on the Clinton campaign who said James Comey needs to be the martyr and hero of every situation he's in. Mm, that well is, said. That is perfect. Well said. That is exactly what he is. I am going to take a lot of slings and arrows for this, but only I can carry the weight that is upon me to try to make this situation right. Impeachment <laughs> would let the American people off the hook. Right. They must suffer for their sins, which I have identified helpfully. <sighs> Yeah, I yeah. He's, He's the martyr really hero pleased with himself. Of every situation he is in. And so and also as I'm taking in more of this, the, he did a 5-hour interview with George Stephanopoulos. I don't know what kind of deal they worked with a- 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 ABC. I don't know how that works. I wish that stuff got revealed more often cuz it'd be really interesting. I think you wanted to do the first interview with the shortest possible person to really <laughs> accentuate how tall he was. Yeah, he looks 9 feet tall next to Snuffleupagus. I I think, you know, George is a serious politics guy, serious news guy. He's also a very very famous guy because of the morning show and it seemed to be a pretty good sweet spot. And George Stephanopoulos and his wife apparently have sex constantly, according to her new book. Uh, do but tell that story later. I don't. Wow, what? That story later. What? I guess the entertaining stories come later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about George and his wife getting it on all the time. I don't want to hear about anybody getting Neither it on all the time. Neither do her friends, she claims. <laughs> really? So she's got a new book coming out? I guess we're going to hear about it now, folks. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos' wife has a new book coming out. Do I out. know her? 
She's somebody in New York. Well, okay. you know how it is in New York. Sure. They're all famous to each other, and right. they only think that matters. And, and there are only like 11 of them, judging by the fact that everybody has the same lawyer. Uh, right. But um, she, one thing she mentions in her new book is that um, she has lost friends over revealing how often she and George Stephanopoulos have sex, her husband. And that night after night, she said they'll be out for a night after night. She said they'll be out for a, a ladies lunch. And she said the inevitable topic comes up of how often are you and your husband having sex and all the women go around. Some of them complaining about never having sex. And she mentions how often they have sex and everybody gasps. And some of her friends don't speak to her any, anymore, which sounds like, a you know, hyperbole. Ugh. But um, I'm already she, tired of hanging out with this woman and I never have. She didn't reveal the number or anything. I guess that's yeah. part of the tease for the book. Oh, I can't wait. But anyway, so the Stephanopoulos family apparently no stranger. Yeah, and George has got to be thrilled with that. Okay, so now me as the serious journalist, now I'm going to be asked about how often my wife and I do it. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's with so so he's a stallion. That doesn't hurt his image. What's with ABC leaving out what I'm about to read, not getting around to that stuff, leaving out the criticism of Barack Obama and letter Loretta Lynch. You're going to yeah. tell me that's not newsworthy? You're going to tell me that's not newsworthy? That doesn't make the 1-hour special. That's on the cutting room floor as they say. Right. Uh, of the 5 hours. But they have plenty of time to talk about how his wife and four daughters all participated in the women's march. And uh, and wore the hats and the T-shirts and everything like that, blasting Trump. Tucker Carlson actually asked on his show last night, is is that a good idea? I mean, you can't forbid your wife and kids from doing something, obviously. But how do you feel about your your, your wife and kids going out to march against your boss? With a, with, with, basically with a show of, this is how much I hate your boss. Right. That's a weird thing to do in a family. I wouldn't want my wife to to march in some sort of anti the company I work for. Well, he was enthusiastic about it. He he liked the idea. Yeah, clearly. And, and, and Snuffinopolis likes the idea. And that was an hour long chapter in the quote unquote resistance. That's what's going on there. Period. Anyway, in the book, and um, Michael Allen, formerly of Politico, I don't remember who he's with now, said for some reason nobody's talking about this. I heard it's it from Axios him. now for what Axios, it's worth. Axios, right. He said, for somebody, for some reason, nobody's talking about this. Comey says in his book, I have one perspective on the behavior I saw. He's saying, you know, I only know what I know. Which, while disturbing and violating basic norms of ethical leadership, may fall short of being illegal. So Comey, who, who for a living prosecutes people who obstruct justice, mm-hmm. and who is at the center of the supposed obstruction, obstructing justice case, which is the firing of him, and he, the narrative, was, yeah. he was in the room. Says there, he doesn't think there's anything illegal there. That didn't make it into the interview yesterday. How Sunday. is not? How is that not the bombshell from the book? The guy who has more knowledge about that conversation than anybody says he doesn't think so. That's astounding. It is. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, James Comey, book tour, part due, and coffee. Cure all or curse the oh, latest geez, finding. Throw mine in your face. <laughs> We got to get a big vat of coffee. We need to hold Marshall's head under the coffee until he promises never to do these anymore. A little coffee boarding. <laughs> so I want to hit you with this one more time. This line from Comey's book that is should be getting all the attention, but is not. I have one perspective on the behavior I saw. Speaking of Trump which, while disturbing and violating basic norms of ethical leadership, may fall short of being illegal. 
So not only did James Comey not drop a bombshell, he comes out and says, I didn't I don't think there's anything illegal there. If he did think there was something illegal there, he would spell it out. Yeah. He for, may this, not be illegal means I don't think it right. was illegal. And this yeah. is what he does for a living. He is an expert at nailing down whether something is obstruction of justice or not. Right. That's how he nailed crime bosses and yep. and and CEOs and that for years for his entire career. And in addition to that, he was in the room for most of the critical, supposedly, obstruction of justice situations. When he got fired, when Jeff Sessions was asked to leave, and he led the investigation into Trump's wrongdoings for the first, whatever, four or five months before he got fired. Mm-hmm. He knows lots about this right? and doesn't come away with this is illegal. So what are we doing Somebody, I heard somebody list the the various narratives that have bubbled to the top of the mainstream media from um, collusion with Russia to blackmailed by Russia to unfit because of early dementia to what are all the other obstruction of justice and how they keep shifting. Um, and it's always a new one that everybody's all hot to trot about. The guy got elected. You don't like him. We get that. Well, and that, I suppose that's why you end up with Comey's statement of let's leave it to the American people to vote him out because he realizes there's no other way to do it. Um, I still don't understand the uh, let's not let the American people off the hook. What, what was that blast? Uh, He's a sanctimonious son of a bitch, I tell you what. <laughs> he, the, the stuff about Jeff Sessions that... He reminded me of uh, Alberto Gonzalez, overmatched, unfit for the job, yet not radiating Gonzalez's kindness. I mean, how do you know from meeting a, the, the old lawyer that he's overmatched to the job? Maybe he is. I don't know. It just comes off awfully high-handed. Anyway. Of course, I say that sort of thing about people all the time in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, former FBI Director James Comey's new book, Hitting the Shelves Today. He was on ABC's Good Morning America today, dismissing criticisms that his detailed and unflattering descriptions of the president hurt his credibility. Trying to be an author and bring the readers with me into a room. And so I describe all kinds of people in great detail to try and create a vivid image. Is that what you were doing? You know, that's... <laughs> we got... Um... Is that why you did it? <laughs> got an email from somebody. Um, actually, Phil. Phil is uh, often a respectful dissenter. Uh, when was the last time you read a book that didn't have a person give a detailed description of the person in question? Were you expecting Comey not to set the scene and describe Trump's appearance and his reaction to it? What was the point of the book? Look at the title. Look at the point of the uh, the interviewing, the direction they're going. Nice. This is all about the former FBI director making the case that the president is uh, you know, an awful person and should be booted out of office. Mm-hmm. As you've pointed out many times, though, the book is often very, very different from the media rollout. And I'm told, actually, who did I hear talking about this this morning? They said the book is actually full of... Uh, significant length nuanced portraits of Trump, Obama, and George W. Bush. Um, but none of that stuff is being discussed at this point. But come on. He, 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 he knew what the interest was, sure. how it was going to be used, and he had to be smart enough to know how comments on the president's hand size and spray tan Fake bacon. <laughs> was going was gonna to hit people. Do you think it's a spray tan or like a tanning bed? You think it's spray? That orangey hue is is reminiscent of the spray tan. 
I have trouble picturing, and for good for good reason, yes. an old fat man crawling into a tanning bed. Lack of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> just because I've been in a tanning bed, and it's not that easy getting in and out. I mean, I just just doesn't seem like something he'd want to do. Huh. But I bet he's got a really nice one. I bet he's got a butler who slides him in and out on a tray, <laughs> like a drawer. I, what I wonder is if he just tans his face. If he's just got one of those tanning lights and he just kind of lays back and that's puts on the goggles. Entirely possible. Yeah. On another matter, a serious state-run television says a false alarm and not an outside aggression and incoming airstrikes set off Syrian air defenses early this morning. The TV quotes an unnamed military official saying, Today, air defenses fired a number of missiles because of that false alarm without really providing any more specific information other than that. Syrian state TV is now saying the International Chemical Weapons Watchdog team has entered the town where the alleged chemical attack happened. So they are now on the ground. Reminds me of people who have to take whiz quizzes for uh, smoking pot. They know when they're clean. So does the Assad regime. I got to go back to the Comey book. Yeah. So if I were going to write a book about Joe and try to make the point that he's been embezzling from the company for years mm. and should be drummed out of the radio business. Yes, and if clearly. I, and if I, it's overdue. And if I included a line in the book, Joe walked into the room, his ample gut showing or something like that. <laughs> you think I could justify that by saying, no, that's what writers do. We set the scene. I wanted you to be there. I mean, come on. Hey, you remember when the words. journalist called me a goateed chipmunk? <laughs> I mean, that would be obviously for one point only to say that. I guess. I found it descriptive. I do not have an ample gut, by the way. Well, that's what I mean. I'm softing. That's what I mean. You're going out of your way to take yes. shots at somebody. Yes, that have you, nothing, BDI. That have nothing to do with the subject matter. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. The size of his hands. Please. And now the latest coffee cure-all or curse. The new study is out. And it says people with heart trouble might benefit from drinking coffee and tea every day. Researchers in England found that caffeine in coffee and tea could lead to lower rates of irregular heartbeat. They say by drinking the amount of caffeine in three cups of coffee a day, that might be safe for people with the irregular heartbeat and might actually really help them. So there you go. So what are you hoping to accomplish with these coffee studies? <laughs> Straightening out people who don't ever visit a doctor and instead listen to him for their health right. advice. <laughs> but while caffeine from coffee and tea might be a good thing, researchers warn people with pre-existing heart uh, conditions to stay away from energy drinks that have those high levels of caffeine. Oh, that could harm you. God, I drink quite a bit of coffee, yes. and I drink... I remember when I first started drinking Starbucks coffee, I couldn't drink it. Now it, it, it doesn't bother me at all, so mm. I've increased my tolerance. I take a sip of an energy drink, and I feel like my head's going to pop off. Mm. Those of you who've, uh, who've made your body accustomed to that, ooh, ooh, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it's not good for it you. It can't be. No. One final note. Khloe Kardashian has named her daughter. Finally. N- named her daughter. Bastardina. No. <laughs> True. <laughs> True Thompson. Illegitimatina. No, True Thompson. I'm harshly judgmental. The news coming just days after the reality star gave birth. Cleveland Cavaliers basketball player Tristan Thompson's the father of the newborn. The birth of the newest member of the Kardashian clan comes amid reports that Thompson cheated during the pregnancy, making the name True Thompson somewhat ironic. Yeah. Oh, no, nice nice shot. Some sort of sanctimonious. Okay, no more lies. We're about truth now. And name it like that. That seems to be very reactionary. Weaponized children's names seems perfectly fine to me in terms of family dynamics. How about, I, I like the idea. <laughs> How about 
about mentioning him as the sperm donor until we see any actual fathering going on? The term father yeah, bothers no me. Yeah, no kidding. Any boy can make a child that takes a man to raise one. There uh, you go. Oh, man, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm strong and getting show, The Conscience of the Nation. The Liberty Bell! And all its libertiness. That was the Liberty Bell right there. And whoever yells, woo, in the background. I really like that. That's Michael as he ran Michael. out the doors of Freedom Hall in Philadelphia. That's right. Into the dark Philadelphia night. So, I'm watching Good Morning America, and I haven't even come across the James Comey stuff yet, so they didn't put it up front, they didn't highlight it, so we're, we're only a couple of days into this rollout. Is it already not the lead story on the shows he's on? NPR's flogging it like crazy, because they got him this morning, I guess. Gotcha. On the East Coast. When is he on, Colbert? Tonight. 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 Now, that could be entertaining, because Colbert's funny and creative. Hey, here's, uh, I have an hilarious bit of Kim Jong-un summit trivia for you. Because that, you know, that's been eclipsed by all the crazy news that's constantly happening and the wall-to-wall coverage of the porn skank. But we are probably, we, meaning us and our allies, are about to have a a giant summit with Kim Jong-un. Is Stormy Teresa Daniels going to Pyongyang? Oh, boy. Well, she'd be the uh, mayor of Punyang, really. I assume her middle name is Teresa, so her initials would be STD. Oh, boy. Huh? That's, that's, huh? that's a little what? misogynistic there. See I'm what not I'm sure doing? I can approve that. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I'm working on a higher plane here. So, <laughs> Kim Jong-un. More Sean Hannity news. Oh, plus, the number of Louisiana state senators who voted against... Laws against sexing up animals. So they're at least... I think we can assume (laughs) they're getting with the beasts. (laughs) And some more fun tax facts on this tax day coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. It's tax day. Government takes in about $6.2 trillion total if you combine federal, state, and local governments. Taxes are about $6.2 trillion. And then steals trillions from children and grandchildren without their consent. Three point well. three trillion from the federal government in and debt. Even with that large amount of money, we spend way more than we take in. Yeah. So how do you like that? Here's a couple of interesting tax things for you today. Make you think, and I'm going to lead Joe into his story about bestiality. Louisiana, soft on coupling with beasts. Um Alabama has a ten cent tax on a deck of playing cards. I assume they got passed because of some sort of gambling is evil and we need to have money go to... This will help ameliorate the problems of uh, problem gambling is the problem. Right. Uh, It'd be similar to Texas charges $5 per customer a fee on each strip club poll. And I suppose that money, (laughs) at least originally, was going to go to 
rehabilitate strippers or <laughs> sex addiction clinics or build more churches or something. Home for unwed strippers. And by the way, all these taxes, whatever the reason was for originally, eventually just go into the general fund and get wasted on crap. Of course. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, throughout history, there have been all kinds of... Uh, Peter the Great in Russia once taxed beards. They had Famously. Ta- they had taxes on uh, hats, boots, beehives, basements, chimneys, food, clothing, birth, marriage, burial. There's been taxes on everything. In A our beehive country. tax. Beehive tax. Wow. Well, in New York, they have an eight-cent tax on each sliced or toasted bagel for some reason. <laughs> Seems reasonable. It's been around forever. It's because it's a scam. It's protection. It's the mob, the government mob. So Louisiana passed a bill making sexual abuse of an animal illegal, but 10 state senators voted against it. I think it's safe to assume that they are getting with beasts. Now, the bill authored by a Democrat will now move on to the House, blah, blah, blah. While having sex with an animal is already illegal in the state, the new measure seeks to create the crime of sexual abuse of an animal yeah, in the state. And I would vote against that. Set new and different penalties for those convicted. Then the article helpfully includes a picture of two donkeys. As if I can't picture an animal. Oh, right, animals. Right. Oh, <laughs> non-humans, but but beasts, yeah. I don't want to go too far down this road, but uh, your, your larger animals, uh, your cows, your donkeys, uh, Clem, your sex and that, that, that animal doesn't even know you're there. Not only <laughs> right. you're not abusing you're it. You're not pleasing it. He's unaware of your existence. Yeah, yeah. So my vote. She, I'm assuming it's a she. Maybe it's a he, I don't know. Hey, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, this one uh, guy who voted against it said, my vote had no effect on making it. It's already illegal. So my vote was not, certainly not against making sexual intercourse with an animal illegal. Changing the laws the bill would have done could have brought about it adverse impacts on current sure. and past prosecutions. Yeah. I get it. To say that 10 Louisiana senators voted against bestiality is to willfully misinform. So I guess we're guilty of that. That is kind of funny, though, and will absolutely be a factor on the campaign trail when these people try to get reelected, because that's how politics works. Keep blanking that chicken. Right. A Canadian couple. Jack, this is actually a story I really wanted to feature. This is amazing. This is the modern world. How much time do we have, Michael? I will uh, expertly edit my comments to fit the three minutes we have. Canadian couple has a 13-year-old daughter, pretty young girl. They become aware that this 28-year-old man who lives in the area has been sending her sexually explicit messages saying he wants to get with her and, and sex her up. Well, I, want to, I want to be your first, blah, blah, blah. So oh. he's trying to come on to this 13-year-old. So the parents invite the man to their home as her. He wanted to be her first, says the person videotaping the incident, which was broadcast on Facebook Live. The incident being they hogtied the man. Well, they effing tackled him, zap strapped him, called the cops. So they tackled him, hogtied him, and were berating him as the cops were on the way. Then, a short time later, the woman announced on the video, I'm arrested because we caught a predator the police refused to catch. She and the dad were arrested for tackling and hog-tying this guy. Wait, it gets worse. Probably technically kidnapping, which is a pretty big crime. They had alerted the cops. This guy is trying to sex up our daughter. He's coming on to her. Quote, they wouldn't even look at my phone. They just said to block him and forget it. I've oh, been waiting, really? Oh, my I've God. I've been waiting for six weeks for the police to give me a name behind the Instagram account. This is Canada. 
uh, RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they ignored these people, told her, don't take the matters into your own hands. We're investigating it. Be passive. Be passive. Let the authorities protect your child. When, when seconds count, the authorities are half an hour away. And they were told, don't do anything about it. Well, the guys kept bothering the daughter. They couldn't get the cops to help. So they said, yeah, come over. And so he did come over. To catch a predator style. We're going to tie you up, eh? They uh, hogtied him, called the cops, and now they're the ones going to jail. Government maple syrup, eh? That is... Wow. 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 Trying to make the point to the folks that this sort of passivity, this sheeple style relying on the authorities will get your little girl raped, and you're making funny, funny Canadian jokes. Do you have anything about Molson you'd like to show uh, share with us? Or ice hockey? I'd beat him with a hockey stick, eh? Then say I'm sorry. Hockey has the greatest names for penalties of any sport. Spearing, slashing. That is a, uh, I, I, yeah, that is. It's enough to make you crazy. Yeah, yeah, it would make you crazy. Just trust the authorities. Let them take your guns. They will protect you. Oh, my God. All right. Um, I'm going to follow this case, see what happens to these people. Late night joke off. All the comedians very happy that Sean Hannity's name came out in the Stormy Daniels court thing yesterday. That's because they're liberals. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll do the late night joke off coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.